0: I downloaded Steam. I, I was on Steam for a little bit, and I think the only game I really played on there was some game. I can't remember the name of it, but you shot portals into the walls.
1: Oh, Portal? Yeah. Portal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Eric, and you're listening to episode 79 of PHP Ugly. In this episode, Thomas, John, and myself sit down and talk about 20 years of Slashstop doctor certifications, the new Dropbox, and a lot more. So, let's get started. Have you ever wondered where all the gold on the planet comes from? Like, is it something that's like generated by the Earth? Do you know Taz?
2: I actually do, yes.
1: Explain it cuz i was fascinated to find this out wait before you explain it john do you know where gold comes from
0: the ground sifted through
1: dirt <laughs> you, i i thought the same thing like i thought it was going to be like dinosaur poop or something like that you know no. comes from the explain sun it, baby Thomas. no not exactly the sun close no,
2: it's uh, born out of the big bang gold was created in bulk during the large cosmic events that created our universe as we know it and outside of black holes and particle accelerators we have the gold that we're gonna have it is it is simply well, a cosmic element that existed because of the big
0: bang is it element 79 well
1: pretty close that's that's pretty close uh, I'll, but I'll mute yes him gold for that. is generated gold is generated by collapsing stars that you know explode and create these supernovas gold is actually the dust from that and it it gets spread out across the universe and yes it, it the earth was bombarded by it when during the whole big bang uh thing so gold is still being generated we just we don't see the flakes very often um and it's like we've only managed to mine a like a minute amount of gold that's believed to be in in the in on the on the planet as a whole. So I always thought that was strange because uh here in the US gold is what brought people out west. There was a big gold rush. I always thought gold was particular to areas of the planet. So like Alaska had gold and Upper, the Upper Northwest had gold. I didn't realize it was something that was throughout the entire planet. I found that interesting. Yeah. Gold is also yeah. the 79th element on the periodic table. Oh, do I get a prize? Was... Seventy nine.
2: No, you got muted. A that comment feet, feet, never feet. made it to the actual edit.
1: What was his comment? I missed it.
2: <laughs> he blurted, is gold number 79 on the periodic table? Just in the <laughs> middle of your story.
1: Wait a freaking take just, you just... A
2: little, little <laughs> premature oh, factulation <laughs> there.
0: That was the longest opening of our of our show ever. That oh, is no, absolutely not
1: true. Yeah, <laughs> so much longer. I
0: don't know. It was the longest build-up. Let's go that way.
2: It was participative. That's important.
1: That, that's, well, that wasn't awesome. we, can but... go, we can go
0: with the year 1979. Probably the most important. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot going on. The most important thing yeah, no. ever happened that year.
1: Nah, nothing 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 significant happened in 1979. My wife was born. I went through the archives. It it, 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 it you know, <laughs> the US pretty much said it was a wash year. Like yeah. it was Straight kind of right off. Well, kind of my wife was born. I think Oh, what? Really That's your birthday? My were born. You just had a birthday. didn't you John? Are you not listening to me? What the heck is going on? Happy birthday, John. Like <laughs> my... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, I'm, right
2: oh, over.
0: I'm ready to go to
2: feels, bed it right over. Feels like it's been seven days Since we did this last
1: <sighs> <laughs> Thomas mentioned audience Participation And last week's show uh, Jeff I, I forgot how to pronounce his last name But he's getting he's getting PHP Ugly swag because of his contribution to number 78 i forget what what it was now but it was good enough for me to Um, use in the show
2: we should flip it around though if we really want to get contributions we're going to send you php ugly swag if you don't send in a contribution (laughs) (laughs) there's there's a sticker coming in the mail if we haven't heard from you
1: probably speaking speaking coming in the mail guess what i got today
0: uh, restri- re- restraining order.
1: A lot of people have been tweeting about it. I was feeling left out. I figured I would most definitely be included in this. I got my letter from Cox Communication nice. saying that I, I use too much data, and I would start to get charged ten dollars per every fifty gigabytes over my terabyte of permitted data usage. Yeah, which is you know- weird.
2: This week uh, Ajit Pai got reconfirmed as the head of the FCC, so expect that to be the new normal.
1: Yep, and it's weird because I logged into Cox's website, and you can buy additional data to add to your tier. It's like twenty three dollars for uh, for five hundred gigs or something. It, it was it was a little for a lot. What I thought was a lot. And this now... It is not a lot. This is $10 for each 50 gigs over a terabyte. Now, mind you, I, I went and looked at my usage, and I'm using about one and a half terabytes of data a month because I have a house, I have a couple of teenage daughters, my wife, myself. Everything we consume is through the internet now. We stream all of our television. We stream... Everything, music, television. I work from home. My wife works from home. So everything we do. So the the fact that we were we were hitting that terabyte threshold did not surprise me in the slightest. Um. So I I ended up paying like an additional fifty bucks a month now, and I I'm back to this unlimited plan. It's so weird. I don't know why. <laughs> it's so weird. So so my an question is: You had to pay an is, additional fifty dollars a month to get back to it. I I had the option of paying an additional $50 a month to have the threshold removed. So there's no... I have unlimited data now through Cox. My question is, if I'm paying additional money for unlimited data, is my traffic being moved to hardware of other people who are paying for unlimited data? Or am I still on the same hardware I was before when I, when I wasn't paying the extra fees, you understand what I'm saying? So if they have, if they have the ability to, to monitor my data usage, they have the ability to, to shape the traffic, manage, right. Manage how that traffic hits the pipe. So am I still on the same, is my data still flowing through the same pipes, the same tubes (laughs) that it flowed through before I started paying that additional fee? Of course.
2: I'm going to one-up you here. Um, Comcast has admitted that it's having trouble metering people's data caps after several people went on vacation and found that Comcast continued to charge them for overages that they did not incur because the modem was literally turned off.
1: So that's my other question. and I started with so. That's my other question is they're the only... I'm, I'm just taking them for their word. Like... You basically do the same thing with your electric and gas, but at least with your gas, there's a meter in your electric. There's a meter on your house. If I really wanted to, and because of my solar, I can actually keep keep a close eye on it. But if you really wanted to as a person, you could go out there and track your usage. With this, I'm completely dependent on what they're telling me. Like They have no equipment here at my residence that validates what, what they're claiming. Not could, only that, but the equipment
2: that there. they lease, the equipment that they lease opens up a public Wi-Fi address that other people can use to connect through their Cox accounts. Or at least for Xfinity, that's true. If I lease their modem, it has an Xfinity members Wi-Fi on it that other Xfinity members can use my modem for. What? Yeah.
1: Do you do you still have the same I mean Oh,
2: I didn't buy their modems.
1: Do, do you have this? Well, do the people that have these modems have the same data restrictions then? Dunno. Oh, I, mean, I, I, I got to I imagine they mean, don't. They,
2: they, no, they do still have those data restrictions. It's just that it logs who's doing what and says what is you and what is not you. But
1: no, it's... How's it, how would it know that? All it knows is Mac addresses.
2: It knows that you've connected through a specific Wi-Fi interface. If you've connected through the shared wi-fi interface then it's a-okay if you're connecting through the local you know your personal home wi-fi interface then it's counting you as your home usage it's shifty and Hmm. crappy and and it doesn't even work correctly and it's arbitrary so yeah i've i've been notified twice already that i've gone over a terabyte halfway through the month yeah now see, I, I don't know Michael, I, don't,
1: I don't know how I feel about. It. I mean, to me obviously I think they're just they just want more money. That's all they are. Give us more yeah. money and we'll leave you alone. Is how not I even, feel about
2: it about. It's not even that they want more money. They're a corporation. They just Yeah. They just require more money. They just take in as much money as capable. It's there's no person have making to be that honest,
1: decision. I have to be honest though, I think it would have upset me more if they would have come to me and said something like, "Oh, by the way, if you stop using Hulu and you start using Netflix, we won't charge you for your Netflix traffic. Well,
2: that's T-Mobile.
1: Like kind of like what exactly kind of like what the cell phone companies are doing now where you don't they they're trying to get the work around the whole net neutrality thing.
2: So, I'll tell you what upset me is that you got a nice letter in the mail telling you what was going to be changing. I got an injected JavaScript pop-up in my web browser. What? Which, if that ain't fucking invasive, I don't know what is.
1: Wait a minute, you, you're telling me that they that you were just cruising the web and then mm-hmm. no a pop up came up from your absolutely. How would they be even done that? As,
2: as long as it's I mean, HTTP that's... traffic, they yeah, just inject the HTML straight in.
0: It's easy for them to do, but that's crazy that they did. That's that
2: that's how illegal. they notify me of everything. That what? they notify me of data overages like that. Once a month. That's. And it just randomly
1: pops up on your browser.
2: Yeah, if I'm coming up to, to be running, running you... HTTP.
1: How do they know it's you and that, like your kids or something? Or... I don't think they it's care. so weird.
2: Yeah, they don't care at all. They feel that they've notified the household. Ugh,
1: that's shady. Yeah. Alright, how's everybody's week been? What's everybody been up to?
2: Oh, boy. Not a whole lot.
1: I'll speak no. at once. <laughs> no?
0: I I signed up for a, a new service. And I've heard about it a long time ago. The YouTube TV. and mm. Oh, is it San Diego now? It's in San Diego now. It is. And so far I'm liking it. I'm trying to... Yeah. I'm on the 14-day the free trial. And my next step is trying to convince the wife to try it. To see if we could replace our current cable account with that.
1: I'm liking it as well. I I was just on the cuff of giving Sling TV a try. Uh, I I just done the Hulu Live Television. Absolutely hated the Hulu Live. It, 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 a horrible experience. I didn't even hear that. Interface what, was what is? Hulu oh, it, it's so bad. It was so bad. Yeah. Um. So I was I was just on the cuff of trying Sling when I got the notification that I, that YouTube tv was in san diego i'm like oh okay let's do that i agree with you john i'm liking it uh of course because it's so new as i
0: say, i I don't like that they don't have a guide so they'll they'll show you Mm -hmm. what's on right now and what's on the next half hour i think but they don't show you like what's coming on later tonight and that's kind of frustrating can can you watch the chargers games
1: one of the problems. Who watches the Chargers? Nobody. Well, sometimes they the play Chargers. some
2: pretty interesting teams.
1: But yes, you can you can watch the Chargers. Uh, I watched them. I don't know if I watched them on the Hulu or or was YouTube. it The I'll game forget, they lost. They've lost all their games. So yes. Oh right,
2: right. Yeah, they did. They did. It's also
1: the game where they didn't have a lot of fans, which was oh, yeah, nice yeah. to see as well.
2: They tarped over the uh, field and or tarped over the seats. Yeah.
1: Now, uh, the YouTube TV didn't have Adult Swim, so there's no Rick and Morty. Ooh. But uh, that's Rick
0: and Morty?
2: Oh, go away.
1: Yeah. Freaking Thomas got me hooked on this Rick and Morty. What is it? Yeah, great show. I'll tell you what. I, I was not happy about it. He fought. I, he fought hard to not watch I, it. I and did fight not pretty like hard on that one. It is. I did fight pretty hard. I got a new show. Very good. Uh, a, a person recommended a new show to me, and I think... Thomas, you might have recommended this one to me in the past as well. I'm I'm going through it on Netflix, that Halt and Catch Fire.
2: Oh, yeah. Great show. Have you seen?
1: Dude, very, it's really good.
2: Yeah. Have, have you seen it's, this, John? It's very inside baseball. It's. Oh. Then, you have to be want, a nerd to enjoy it. Then I want to watch it.
1: It's very inside what?
2: Inside baseball. Like, it, it's a very narrow scope of people who could. Understand the, con- the the context of it.
0: So is
1: right. it about baseball I think John or not? Definitely would get it. No, it's not it's baseball. Not, no,
2: no. Inside baseball <laughs> is a term, is a a term for focused context.
1: I've never heard
0: that that uh, before in my life.
1: N- nor have I. Really? And I'm a baseball fan. I mean, I know what inside baseball is. It was a great. It was a great show. I didn't. I never heard it used in this context before. But John, it's the it's this company who. Well, actually i don't know what the whole series is i, I i'm just getting through like the first series uh, the first season of it and th- the the highlight of it is a company that's trying to build be competitive and be one of the first companies to build a personal computer and they reference all the things you would remember of that era so this is like happening in the 70s eight, 70s yeah the 70s and they reference you know uh, of course the apples Commodores, uh, it just they, they make a lot well, of references.
2: Is, IBM is their, their IBM, yeah, IBM is the, is the bad guy,
1: basically. Yeah, it, it's Big great. Blue. You should watch it. What's you it should called? Should watch it, John. And it, I mean, it's there's enough of a story there where it's it's kept me pretty interested in it. What was it called and again? I, I'm uh, Halt and Catch Fire. Halt I, and Catch I Fire. I might
0: check that out. Probably not, but. So I just,
1: I just started season two and right now the, the, the leads in the, in the show, the female leads in the show are are kind of doing their own business and they're dealing with the whole sexism thing, sexism in the industry back in the seventies. And, and it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's a good series. You'll you'll like it. I think It's, it's definitely worth a binge watch.
0: Maybe I'll check so that
1: out. That's basically what I did this week was been watch uh, Halt and Catch Fire. <laughs> no work? You
2: didn't didn't record any podcasts or anything?
1: No, I I think it was a holiday in the US this week, right, John? No, it wasn't? No. Damn it. <laughs> no.
2: Have you just been drunk all week?
1: Oh. How's that different than wish. any other week? Oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So. Oh. So man.
0: I know we we teased that we have our first keynote speaker for wave php is it me H- have i asked you yet no yeah, It's probably not you <laughs>
2: well I'm... you wanted it to be a surprise
0: <laughs> surprise it's not you um uh, so i had a conversation with the person and they said yeah it's way too early to, to discuss this you need to wait so sorry everybody we're waiting another okay so why'd you bring months. it up again <laughs>
1: That's exactly I I was thinking of some. I thought we were not talking about this. I thought he just he just needed a reason to talk about wave PHP. No, which is building, happening. building hey, suspense hey guys. Sure. building
0: suspense. Hey guys, we're, just, we're guess still what? not announcing it. Guess
1: what I think guys you're just building irritation. What? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> knock, knock.
0: <laughs> By the way, wave PHP is coming up less than a year.
2: Less than a year. I'm excited. I'm feeling the way. Yeah,
1: somebody's excited. Hey, we have full Surprise. price tickets available. Michael Torinda, you'll be surprised what makes it to the actual show. We have no shame.
2: Yeah, we haven't started recording yet. We're just
1: out we're outing you as actually watching the show live now, Michael Torrinda of Laravel News and <laughs> the North Meets South podcast. And the sexiest voice in Australia. He is the Jeffrey Way of Australia. How I feel about it.
2: I never thought of Jeffrey see, Way's he's voice as
1: sexy. He's watching on a on a delay, so it'll take him a while to actually hear that. <laughs>
0: and then we're we're all gonna just sit here and wait for him to respond. <laughs> What's he gonna say?
1: Exactly. The show's, so the show's like totally hit hit the brakes here until Michael responds in chat.
2: <laughs> you see, uh, Madison Madison PHP made an aggressive move to uh, get there convention their 2018 convention closer to ours
1: how could it be closer so, we took their dates
2: feels like we had s- this
1: conversation last week
2: they've just changed it this week they changed their 2018 dates this week they didn't yeah no. so In in light of those assholes at sdphp we will uh, now be overlapping their conference
1: <laughs> you're so full of it i'm, di- yes, I'm tired is. of you being on this show i'm voting for you to be kicked off the show <laughs>
2: You know what we did talk about last week what? is uh Hacktoberfest we did and I said my library would be added to the Hacktoberfest uh group and you could
1: Your your um Iron, Iron Q
2: Laravel Collective Yeah Iron Q
1: Laravel Collective Let's let's a round of applause for all the community people who help keep Laravel Collective going which includes Thomas uh, yeah, so I got... Uh, no, Iron Q, I, that's right.
2: I got pull requests. I got three pull requests.
1: The, it works!
2: See, it works! Kinda. I got one that just says minor. <laughs> M-I-N-O-R. No description provided. All checks have passed.
0: And what did it change?
2: I have,
1: Do you know how to use I, GitHub?
2: I, oddly okay. enough, no. I, I probably should have learned that before putting out... Yeah. I, I haven't even been able to dig into these three polls i've somehow given myself work that
1: yeah that that didn't that didn't that, work out too well for you right
2: we'll see <laughs> my my fear is that i'll just accept the pull requests the test pass and i'll just merge them in and then somebody will start yelling at me
1: that's not a, that's not how it's supposed to work thomas what am i,
2: suppo- what am I supposed to do
1: supposed to actually do like some review, like review? look oh, at god. it Oh god oh god come on man you're a maintainer now. You're a maintainer. You have responsibilities. How many? Uh
2: I guess. Uh, I guess I'll have to do that tomorrow.
1: <clears throat> <clears throat>
0: oh my! I,
2: people, I got a question for you need guys. Their shirts.
1: I got a question for you guys? Yes. So, "Halt and Catch Fire." Oh my gosh! Really we're back started to, this? to conjure up, conjure up a lot of memories for me, and. I am pretty sure I am where I am today because I lived through that era. Specifically, the era of having a computer in my house and it basically not being able to do anything unless you coded, unless you made it do something. So that was, for me, for my generation, my era, that was the thing about having a computer. You wrote the program you you came up with these these applications and and started sharing them and had them do things you guys got to be around the same era, not not that different my question to you and my my theory that i'm going with right now is that the children of this era i think in 10 20 years we're going to actually see a decline in the quality of coding in oh, yeah. applications that are developed because nowadays kids who have computers don't need to to develop anything like the computers themselves do so much already like everything they can possibly think of office suites social media games it happens it happens yeah. on their phone
2: they can close My their self- text editors without having to look up a manual
1: <laughs> I, I i code <laughs> i And I've been coding pretty much my entire life, even before I did it professionally. I was that guy who worked a manual job, come home, and I'm you know pounding away at the keyboards. My kids grew up seeing me sit sit behind a keyboard, typing and developing things. You think they would have interest in doing that now i had I've had one daughter that shows some interest. Gave her, you know, some insight on how to do some development, but she, she quickly kind of you know, faded away from that. And yep. to me, it's like th- there's no incentive for her to develop. Like there's, she has nothing she wants to develop right now.
0: But I think that's, like, everything that everything she, I think that was true in our generation. Even though, I mean, there were so many there. Was, there were fewer computers at the time, so not everybody was doing this stuff. But it's kind of equivalent to now. There's. There are things out there where kids can get into coding. There are games, there are toys that they can buy and they can mess around with it and figure out how to make things work. So they have the opportunity to learn and to build those skills. I, I just think there, there were fewer devices back then. So the, I think
2: John's trying to say it's not it's not the computers or the technology. It's the kids. Kids kids still suck and don't want to do work.
0: Correct. I still suck and don't want to do work.
2: I am 100%, 100% on board with him. Thank you. I have tried at, at moments to teach all three of my children how to program. And, I mean, first off, if you, if you load up Scratch, which is the teach your kids to program language, the first thing it teaches you is how mundane and boring programming is, which is unfortunate.
0: I've tried over the years uh, with, with my sisters, with nieces, nephews. People just unless they have a passion for it they don't want to learn it
2: yeah you, you can fight the good fight all you want but uh it's they're not gonna they're not gonna take to it just because i mean i didn't get into programming until i had a project that was bigger than i could handle that i was being walked through by a mentor and that was when it grabbed me
1: <sighs> i'm clearly too close to this because in in my view i think to myself if i didn't know how to code like even at the age I'm at now, where I'm at in life, if I didn't know how to code, I would be terrified because it's like, how, how can you not understand how this stuff works or at at least have some just recursive knowledge of how how these things are happening. it's like, it's like my car. I, I don't necessarily, I can't, I'm not a mechanic. I can't do anything, you know, to my car. But I have a recursive knowledge of how the engine works, and you know how things how things move. Maybe it's just me. Maybe that maybe that's what maybe that's what I'm missing. Oh, I feel the same way maybe about my myself. You have, you have
0: an idea of how mechanics work, or how just yeah. <clears throat> <have> <clears throat> dang it, you have an idea of science and how things work. Uh, I th- I feel the same way about myself and. I don't know where I was going with that statement.
1: <laughs> Good job. Good job. This is why we have you on the show, John. Good job. <laughs> Appreciate that.
2: The voice
0: of reason. No, I, I had way more to say there and completely lost train of thought with my coffee.
2: Well, I, I think my, my son, even though he's not into programming, he loves taking things apart. He loves mechanical engineering, and he loves sort of the concept of engineering, even though at this point it's so far over his head. He just wants to see it being done.
0: And And, you were the same way when you were a kid, weren't you? I know I was. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, When I found out that you could you could buy video games from Japan and use a pair of pliers to fit them into your Genesis from America, and it would still work.
0: Really? Damn straight. That's
2: the first thing I did. Oh yeah. The only the only copy protection between or the only uh, international protections were the shape of the cartridge. They had a unique shape, so if you just took pliers and broke the plastic off the case, you could put cartridges from overseas in and play Japanese games.
1: I think and I'm pretty for- fortunate that I never <clears throat> got into gaming.
2: That is yeah. a felony now, by the way. Removing a piece of plastic is now a felony because it circumvents a digital rights management.
0: <laughs> now, I feel the same Woo-hoo. way, Eric. I I got into it when I was younger. I loved it, but it just takes so much time, and I I feel like there's so much other productive stuff I should be doing.
1: Yeah. I I, don't know, I can't even find the time for it. I I downloaded that game Tom's recommended a couple of weeks ago and I have yet to even install it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, just playing. Don't have, I have absolutely no time for for any recreation. <laughs> I mean that's just I I would rather watch a Laracast video or go to live coding or watch somebody coding. But I, I don't know. The, I mean
0: I'll I downloaded Steam. But, I I was on Steam for a little bit and I think the only game I really played on there was some game, I can't remember the name of it, but you shot portals into the walls. Oh, portal? Yeah, portal.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was a uh... joke. That, but that is the only game I, I think I played on Steam.
1: Oh, I, I, I've got some hours chalked up to Team Fortress back before I was getting paid to code. Uh, yeah,
2: I, have, I broke 1,200 hours in Rocket League. Shut up.
1: That's not even a real game. I hear they're going out of business. No, I shouldn't say that yeah that's that's not. What <laughs> I have a doing. personal vendetta against Rocket League. They stole one of our best uh developers one of our one of our first developers and our first I will developer. say they they poached <clears throat> them they stole so they stole them and i I am bitter about it to this day, yeah, he is. is his birthday by the way. happy birthday, Spencer, yeah,
2: happy birthday, Spencer, yeah. So I, I
1: refuse to. I've had Rocket League offered to me a few times with a free code, and I refuse to even download it. I'm not contributing to Rocket League. He, he and I got, got the same.
0: He and I got the same gifts for our birthdays because they're so close together. Uh, so we will be doing this soon. And the the funny thing is, he got his like two, maybe three years ago, and he still hasn't gone. We got. Uh, Gift certificates to go paragliding out at tory Pines. So oh, looking forward that. to this.
1: What? That fun is, fact. Fuck the listeners of the show. Fun fact: John is an accomplished pilot.
0: I do have my well, private pilot's yeah. license. I am so looking when forward to When we get to our little
1: trading cards, you'll you'll know that already. We're gonna have little PHP ugly trading cards, and well, it'll say John is a pilot.
2: Don't Good. don't waste that factoid for the the fun for the SD fun facts feed. I keep
1: trying to, uh, I keep trying to convince him to buy a Diego Dev plane. I want to go. I want to go up in a plane.
0: We don't have to buy a plane to go up you in a can, plane.
1: That's what I just said. I'm trying to convince you to buy a Diego Dev plane. Yeah, he wants you to buy it, but we so don't he have to it. buy
0: one to go up in one. You're missing
2: the point completely.
1: But they don't like it when you slap your logos on their planes. Like when you rent a plane and you slap a big DD on it. I'd be like, "What? What are you doing? That's not your plane." Yeah, it yeah. is for the next and Eric hour likes and a half. It... It's my plane.
2: Eric likes it when you buy him dinner and flowers and a plane.
0: <laughs> I got the first two done. One day I'll get him a plane.
1: <laughs> Did you buy me flowers? Do you ever buy me flowers? No, that's weird. What's wrong with you? <laughs> wow.
0: So, fun, oh, fun fact. Man. I just learned because of Thomas, who made me go look at Beth Tucker-Long's Twitter feed about the change of Madison PHP dates. By the way, they're not overlapping with PHP at all, so go check I out their, their conference. There, There's a setting in Chrome that turns off the playing of friggin' videos.
2: Yes, there yes. is.
0: So Chrome, That's right. I forgot about that. You go to Chrome, colon, slash, slash, flags. Can just go there and find it look for autoplay policy and change it to document user activation as required and stop autoplaying videos that's one of the most annoying things especially especially when you go to a, a news site where they have like their news playing in the way in the bottom and it's like where's this coming from because usually i read what i want to read and i'm gone by the time it starts playing
2: yep. i just want to disable it for cnn They've got the most invasive crappy web player.
0: Well, um, so, disable uh, it
1: everywhere. Don't, you can't start with so, Thomas. You can't do it. You did it well, again. Uh, so now right, you lose yeah. your turn. You lose your turn! All a few right, weeks back. Everybody, everybody drink. A few weeks back, we talked about Laravel certifications. In the, uh, how we felt about certifications and this and that and I, honestly, I feel the Laravel certifications maybe have come a year too late. I think there was a, when they f- announced it at Laricon EU a year ago, there was a lot of attention to it. And I, I, you know, I think they they could have capitalized on it then. I think now, you know, again, the, the hype around Laravel certifications has kind of died off. I, I don't see a whole lot of people interested in going down that course. Well, again, it did, though, we're it not did, the
2: target audience.
1: It did kind of stir up the whole conversations on, you know, how, how we as developers, as managers, you know, what we put behind people who come to us with certifications. And I, I think we all kind of agree that if, uh, if somebody fresh off the street that we, we did not know anything about their credentials, we didn't know who they were came to us with certifications we it would give them probably more more weight to kind of sit there and talk through a, a potential position but for the most part a well-established developer in the community somebody you've kind of followed yeah you know, them having a certification wouldn't necessarily ha- add that much to the conversation so then tell me docker what do Go you ahead. think about this docker certification then Docker now has a certification. Now, this to me, I don't know. This this is such a niche area, and it borders on more of a um, kind of like a Microsoft certification where you're 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 talking about best practices for network configuration and and how how things should be implemented. I don't know. This one, I I I feel like I give this one a little bit more weight. But that's because Um, it's not
2: in your wheelhouse. Like I'm saying about the Laravel one is that if you're a network administrator and you're hiring somebody to manage containerized network instances, then a Docker certification really helps. Or if you're in the network infrastructure business already, this is a quick way of educating yourself and getting up to speed and then getting a certification that says you are educated and got up to speed. So I I, th- I think the same thing is true with the Laravel one, where if you've got a job where the only interest is maintaining an existing Laravel app that you had developed, and you just want a guy who's cheap to keep on, then the Laravel certification is where you would send your IT guy so that he can maintain the Laravel app. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they, they do essentially the same thing. They say, read the docs, uh, do the homework, we'll ask you about it, and come back and give you the certification. And I think it's just because you are a Laravel developer that you don't see the, the use case for a Laravel certificate. But if you were a dentist running a Laravel app that you had developed by some guy, and you wanted to hire your nephew, throw him a Laravel cert, get him working for you.
1: Yeah, I think we stated that when we talked about the certs. Um, I, I I was very clear. If I didn't know anything about Laravel and somebody came to me with the Laravel certificate, yeah, I I would definitely give that would that would carry weight so yeah i, I see what you're saying yeah if no, you're I looking tell you what, for though. a
0: job in that field do you want the certificate because it give it lends credibility to what you say you know
1: the question
2: is still, when you show up I to I the still... interview do you show up wearing the docker certified t-shirt
0: because a...
2: when you pa when you get when you get your docker certification you get the lapel pin and you get a docker certified a lapel t-shirt. pin uh-huh really? just like microsoft there you go
1: yeah, I wonder if you. Had, I wonder if you had anything like that with the Laravel one.
2: Exclusive access to the Docker certified professional network on LinkedIn. In case you didn't I hate the, LinkedIn I enough. I think the
1: Laravel certification you get like fancy socks or something. I don't know. I got I an email from say, LinkedIn
2: this week where a woman was saying, "I know you're not in the market because it says so on your LinkedIn, but do you know anybody?" Freaking My first LinkedIn thought was, has "Become a you want spam me to fest." Do... You want me you to do your fucking it.
1: job for you? Holy crap! Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you how many LinkedIn notifications I, I've gotten that says, "I was looking at your profile. I just thought I'd let you know that we're a web development company that would be happy to help you with a website." It's like, <laughs> then you didn't fucking look at my profile, did you, you idiot? No, no, LinkedIn is garbage.
0: Eric, did you see the email we got today? I had, I got a, a random email saying. Hey, we noticed that your site is running on Laravel and as you know, as you should know, uh, technology is constantly changing and you need to keep it up to date. If you're not happy with your current development team, we'd be happy to to help you out. And I wrote back, um, do you have an automated bot that's scraping websites to know if it's Laravel and then sending off an email? Because if you would have spent two seconds on our website, you would have known we're a development team. And if we're not happy with our development team, we probably shouldn't be in business.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a core problem.
1: <laughs> he,
0: he wrote back saying,
2: how do you,
1: how,
0: <laughs> sorry. I, I
1: haven't looked at the source of our site, but how would they have determined it was the Laravel site, I wonder? Just get it to throw a whoops error. That's true. That that would do it. Yeah, that's that would be a good approach of doing that.
0: But it's, it's not that, too hard. But that shouldn't should happen itself. in production, right?
1: Let's find out. In production,
2: we? it thro- no. In production, it throws uh, a five hundred, but it's a whoops page. It just doesn't have the stack trace. Oh, it's you're It just says right.
1: sorry, your page cannot be loaded. Yeah,
2: and if I see that, I immediately know it's Laravel. <sighs>
1: Interesting. I want to look at the source code now, though, and see if there's uh, any mention of.
2: Well, we should. You could also look at the uh, XHRF token, which probably signs with uh, something. Indicating Laravel. I mean we
1: have we have a lot of Laravel in our in our source because you know, we we are a Lair Larville shop, so yeah, I don't I don't know how it's I think the whoops must have been how they did it.
2: There's a couple ways. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That's funny.
1: Oh uh Michael Drinda has a good one. Laravel sessions will appear in DevTools. That's a good call, Michael Durinda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's right. I bet you that's but what they're doing. Not in production, right?
2: No, it will. Your session is Laravel yeah. session.
1: Yeah, there's a Laravel. There's a, If you look at your sessions, there's there's Laravel sessions in there. Ah. Yeah. Yep. That's why he is the man from down under. I don't know. He knows have, it all. I don't.
0: Have, down under. I don't have DevTools with Laravel sessions, so I don't know what you guys are talking about.
2: Just saying. No, use DevTools to view your session cookies.
0: Oh.
2: Oh, session cookie. Got it.
0: Nope. Mm-hmm. I suck. Yeah. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <clears throat>
1: all right, but that's not unusual,
0: now is it? Oh, Laravel session. Hey, so I, I, I'm sure you can change back
1: that. back on. Yeah, that's actually exactly what Michael Drinda suggested. I, I never even thought to do that. It, it's a good idea. I, we should think about doing that actually yeah, for all that. of our clients. Well, that's
0: one. Of, that's one of the big suggestions with generic PHP sessions too is not using the PHP underscore session ID or sess ID whatever the default is you should change it
2: yeah and don't use WordPress what just don't use WordPress
1: <laughs> Such a random statement why would we...
2: <laughs> is it really though I mean it feels like something oh. we should say every episode
1: I uh, did I did I get into it with you guys last week about I'm sure you um, did. about open source and uh a client calling me did i tell you about this oh i don't know if i told you so i was um i i I had actually i was out of the office and i got a call from not exactly a client uh um it was somebody john and i had spoken to in the past uh, about potentially doing some work for him and john and i we we pretty much have a pretty open kind of policy with people we speak to of, you know, if we're not right for the job, it's perfectly fine. We understand. Um, but you're always feel free to reach out to us. If you have questions, if you want us to vet people, uh, because it's important to us that you do get the right people for the job. You know, it, it, we've kind of, we kind of say this to, to everybody. And I, I don't think anybody's ever taken us up on it until last week. I get a phone call and it's a, it's a small company here in San Diego. And they said, uh, Hey, you know, we're, we're moving forward with a redesign of our website. Uh, they're, they're this small, small credit union here. And they're like, um, <clears throat> we're, we're vetting out some companies and we're trying to narrow down, uh, who, who we want to use. And you told us that, uh, we could reach out to you if we, if we ever had questions I'm like, yeah, absolutely. What's your question? They're like, well, so after talking to these vendors, we've narrowed down a couple of requirements for the website. And the one we've settled on is that it has to be closed sourced proprietary, a pr- closed source proprietary website because our, they didn't say because they said, well, they said because we're a credit union and, you know, we think that's important. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Are you seeing that because a particular vendor is trying to sell you a proprietary product and they probably came to you and said that because of the fact that they're closed source and proprietary, they're more secure than an open source solution. <laughs> and she's like, well, yeah, that's kind of exactly what they said. And I said, and they probably compared themselves to something like WordPress. And she goes, that's exactly <laughs> what they did. <laughs> I said, first thing... You can't be further from the truth. And, and I, I got into, I got on my whole open source soapbox with them. Of listen, you know, if you go this route, they are your website prov- providers now. You know, you're you're trapped. You can't ever bring in another developer because, you know, it's all proprietary. Not only that, but if you actually think that they're not using open source solutions in their stack, then chances are you're wrong. They're using yeah. open source probably.
2: All over the unless, place. Unless everything runs on a Sun server, it's open source,
1: right? I, and I, even, I then, even Java, e- even even the language that they developed their "quote unquote" proprietary solution in is probably an open source language. So you should you should corner them on that. If open source is so bad and so un- insecure, you know why are they why are they using open source products in their stack? And uh, I just, I, I went through this long conversation about, and you guys know I'm a big open source guy to begin with. But, uh, but and I, I was trying not to say that, you know, proprietary I, closed source solutions are wrong across the board. But I wanted to make sure that she had a good reason on why why open source was automatically discounted because they felt like they needed to be more secure.
2: I am so glad you brought this up. Because you wouldn't believe what happened three days ago. What happened three days ago? It was revealed that Hewlett-Packard had given the source code to ArcSight to the Russian government. (laughs) ArcSight, if you don't know, is the security software that secures the secret internet protocol router network, a.k.a. SIPRNET, which is what all of the United States' high security classified and top secret data is stored on hmm. and this is because russia is would just not fact buy the software that you
1: knew you just knew this fact
2: happened three days ago this is a security thing
1: so the question is world.
2: russia wouldn't buy the software unless they could see the source code but by seeing the source code they're revealing any potential exploits that would exist in the american network to a foreign government so, is open source more safe in this instance? If if their software was open source with more eyes on it, it would be more likely to be caught by a non-hostile group mm-hmm. yeah. and patched before it was exploited. Mm-hmm. But in this that, instance, that,
1: that's exactly that's that's a, that's exactly what what I what I told this this client. I'll, I'll call him a client for now, even though they, we don't make any money off him. But yeah, I, I told them I'm like, if you think that their solution doesn't have security holes, it just means that their security holes aren't exposed in the public like open source security holes are. It means that the bad guys are holding on to their security holes and keeping them secret to exploit when they want to.
2: Yeah. And and that's absolutely what's gonna be the case here with ArcSight. It's insane that the software that basically only governments and corporations can afford can only be seen by governments and corporations. Uh, it's going to be a massive problem. It's so but scary. hey, it's not like the United States has any enemies. No, none.
1: <laughs> not a single one. Everybody likes us. Well, we need to put that on a card, Thomas. We need to do better. So here, here's the problem with the way we've we we we've done our reformat here of just talking is our show notes are like one or two lines down. <laughs> we, we just start well, randomly talking about stuff, huh?
2: I look at the subreddit. I I throw all the stuff on the subreddit. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, you throw
1: stuff on the subreddit that's not in the Trello board? What's wait, Yes, and it's flagged Reddit? by episode. Oh, this is why. Why do we keep you? This around?
2: is this is John's just, running gag for the day.
0: Just what's He
1: Doesn't have a computer.
0: I prefer not to computer. Can I do
1: something else? No.
2: I. I brought up earlier this week in our little chat room that I had something special for us to talk about.
1: You sure did. And you were so you, excited you about this. You should have brought this up sooner. I am excited about We're like 54 this. minutes in now, so it better be a, a quick something special.
2: Yahoo announced that they were wrong about the number of ca- accounts that got compromised. <laughs> I saw this. It was actually all of them. Yeah. Every account. Equifax is still reeling from what they're saying was one system admin who forgot to patch a machine. And we're looking at government regulation of customers' data. So I am proposing something wholly new to you guys that will dramatically affect how you guys deal with customer data. Okay. You're not allowed to have it. You cannot have email addresses. You cannot have passwords. You cannot have real names, phone numbers. You cannot store that information in any way whatsoever unless you go through a very expensive and thorough certification process. Now you might say that that is absurd. No such thing has ever been done. I point you towards Visa's PCI compliance. If you are going to store credit cards in any way, you have several levels of which you can store credit cards. You can store the last four and the first four at the first level you can store the entire credit card number encrypted at 256-bit encryption at the second level, and at the third level, you can actually transmit uh, that number between third parties for the sake of aiding transactions. So my question is, if it were true, if the technology existed, which it does, it's called Blockstack. Welcome to Cryptocurrency Talk.
1: Stop it little music, stop the music. I hear it playing already. You can stop the music. First yeah, thing, I'm not section. opposed, I'm not opposed to this. Yes, the technology already exists. We don't manage any of our clients' credit card information, all that's managed through, but you have their person. email. Stop for a second, let me finish my conversation. <laughs> the the no. idea of, of having a user. Identified on our system without retaining any of their information is not that crazy with uh, um, login mechanisms, uh, OAuth, right? I don't particularly want to handle user profiles. I don't want to have to worry about a user keeping their address and phone number up to date on my system. I would rather tie into their Facebook, to their Google account, to their Yahoo account. I don't care and let them manage that stuff as long as I have a way to get that information when I request it. So the the idea of having a system in place where you don't have a, a centralized location of your client's personal information or credit card information is not that crazy. I think it's very achievable, and it's kind of something we're working towards with a few iterations of things we're working with on clients today is to disperse that, uh, that requirement of us maintaining that information. Because really the, the information, uh, now this doesn't hold true for, for everybody, but f- for our clients, that, that information is not that relevant to them. Um, there's, there's, there are pieces that are that you know we're, we're thinking about how we want to address those. But just in general, we don't need all that information. We don't. We don't want to have to spend the energy to develop interfaces to manage it because it, it's not important to us. Right. It's, it, it, we'd like to be able to get it when we need to get it, but if that's in somebody's Facebook account or in somebody's Google account, so be it. Yeah, just don't bring up Yahoo so again. When I'm, we just talked about the fact that they were hacked in all of every the data was taken. every account. <laughs> <laughs> their Equi- Equifax account. I don't care. I don't care where. I don't care where we're authenticating. And that's that's the thing. You don't it's, wait. It's, you
2: don't care that Equifax authenticates us because on the list, it's their of problem. talking points, it's
1: their problem,
2: right? on On your list of talking points is IRS awards multi million dollar fraud prevention contract can to you, Equifax.
1: Can you believe that? And you're the one that told me absolutely. That's not, that's not really that big. It's of not a, deal. a big
2: deal. It's not a
0: big deal at all.
1: You're out of your mind.
0: How is that not a explain, big deal?
1: Explain why you don't think it's a big deal. One, why is they big still in
0: business? Seriously, at this point. Because
1: it's been,
2: it's been one month. Why is Trump still in office? Because seriously, it's been way too long. It's because there's a process to these things. And the, the process to penalizing Equifax is happening right now. But they had an outstanding contract with the government to do Social Security to identification work which is one of their specialties identifying that a person is who they say they are unrelated to the hack that the the quality of their data didn't get compromised just the data itself
1: but this was a this was i think this shows a flaw in the process though right because this was a a no bid contract i mean th- does not that mean no, that? The,
2: no the term no bid contract is very misleading And can mean a large number of things occurring. Um, The the bidding process for these contracts on its own can cost as much as this contract was worth. Uh, This contract was for
1: hence the name. This contract was for
2: seven point two five million dollars. So this contract was incredibly small given the billions of dollars that Equifax makes a year.
1: (sighs) I wish I could get a small contract like that. (laughs) Seven point two five million
2: now the the actual contract transaction support for identity management is available on the department of the treasury website fbo.gov and you can look up why it was that it was a no-bid contract Um, but this was also let's see archived october 14th so it hasn't even been archived yet so yeah it's it's a no-bid contract but if you want to argue the how stupid no bid contracts are that's unrelated to the fact that equifax is a failure of a company i and and all they're doing is providing authentication saying yes this this social security number belongs to this person which you would kind of think should be the government's job since they issue the social security number (laughs) but again not the problem we're talking about (laughs)
1: Can you I mean, run the think... system for us and tell us if this person is who we said they yeah. were?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. I, I think it's yeah. just it's it's it got a lot of headline news because Equifax got hacked, but that's completely irrelevant to the contract that they won, and it's just excellent headline clickbait. But it,
0: well, it, it doesn't it depends really on the, depends on the timing. Did they get this contract after everything came out?
2: September thirtieth. So yes. Yeah,
1: so yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, but
2: there isn't a guy whose job in the government is to say, well, I've heard bad things about you guys. Until (laughs) there's a lawsuit that bans them from working with the government in some way, they're the service provider. They're the ones who do this. So, you know, the only other firms that do this, there's only two other firms that do this. And Equifax already had a contract with them previously and they're just continuing the existence of that contract
0: which I what i think
2: is far worse is dropbox's rebranding
0: <laughs> that, wow that,
1: that was a pretty sleek <laughs> transition
0: i was gonna ask why are there only three companies that do it or why are there three but go with
1: dropbox because if
2: you if you start if you start doing it then they buy you <laughs>
1: wow do we care about the Dropbox rebranding? I don't. I can't even honestly tell you what the previous Dropbox branding looks. I never look at Dropbox, and yeah, I've been I've been a customer for ten years now.
2: It's just I, ugly. That's all. So, you just look at it and you go, "Oh, that's incredibly stupid," and then walk I, away from it.
1: I, I totally don't care. It's,
0: I, I, it's a picture of a box. I, move on. I I think it's, it's no, interesting it's like
1: how big of a deal they try to make <laughs> of it. Like it's. They had a whole site dedicated to the rebranding of Dropbox, and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't care. And then I put it in the show notes, so apparently I did care just on some level. But yeah, I don't know. I don't look at, I don't look at Dropbox. It's one of those things that just lives in the background for me. It just does. You guys stop. ever hear of, you guys ever hear of war driving? Yeah, that's oh, that's back in the day, brother. You talking back about wi- for Wi-Fi?
2: Yeah, Wi-Fi war driving. You'd, you'd yeah. make an antenna, a Yagi antenna out of a can of Pringles. you just surf yeah. a neighborhood, see who's got open Wi-Fi access points.
1: Why do you bring that well, up?
2: Well, because my favorite new term was coined this week. It's called screw driving.
1: Screw driving?
2: <laughs> this is this going
1: to be a porn thing?
2: Absolutely.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Is this another IoT thing?
2: This is an IoT thing, so it it looks like... I was just kidding. There's a lot of... Yeah. (laughs) IoT is well known for its use of the low-power Bluetooth stack, um, BLE. And there were some hypotheticals out there that these Bluetooth stacks were more vulnerable because they had an always-on connection. (laughs) They... Broadcast full time. They're always broadcasting John, their open addresses. Up the, I open I was... up
1: the link from the show notes. Uh-huh. Open <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, Thomas. Please continue. This is important well, public service one you're of, doing here. This one of important. the
2: popular one of the popular uses for these low power Bluetooth devices is <laughs> rubberized adult entertainment devices Now you guys
1: I think this shows You guys are now. in You guys sure are in a bothered. different
2: You guys are in a different industry than I am So you would think that this would be an uncommon thing, but I tell you what, I see these a lot at my job.
1: Okay. And it turns out they're very vulnerable. Here. I have something to contribute here. I don't know how to explain how I got into this situation, but I found myself in a situation within the last, it had been the last six months, where I was having a conversation with somebody who was trying to, who was basically pitching me this product that he had. I, I didn't get hands on with it, I didn't actually see it. But he's explaining it to me, and he was trying to encourage me to come to his store to, to look at purchasing one for the wife. And it was an adult toy that you could control over the internet through an app on your phone. And Absolutely. I looked at him, I'm like, that seems like such a terrible idea on so many levels. What's <laughs> the fact He you like, just said you had a guy pitching about. you just completely... <laughs> <laughs> so... so Amsterdam's a crazy place. <laughs> it's... The conversation started with how much traveling I had been doing. And uh, I'd gone to a couple conferences, and I had I had even more conference, uh, another conference on the books to go to. When we, we ended up going down this road, and, and I ended up having this conversation with him about this device, I'm like, first thing, there have got to be massive security holes in this. He's like, who who would want to hack this? I'm like, are you kidding
2: me? I'll tell you exactly who.
1: <laughs> this then, is the
2: funniest thing ever.
1: So so I'm looking at this article. I'm like, this is exactly what I warned this guy about. I'm wondering if this is the device that he was... I, I didn't pay enough attention to the, the the product name he was telling me. Now, this is not uh, a device.
2: This is the Kiru fleshlight, the Lilo, the Love Sense Nora and Max, the <laughs> Hush Plug. This is not a single device. Now, to bring no, it a little I'm more sorry, into the real that's, world. This on this
1: page that, that yeah. These yeah, I, I know your article isn't talking about a single device, yeah.
2: These devices, yeah. these blue these low power Bluetooth devices are also now in hearing aids. So uh-huh. you could you could hack into somebody's hearing aid, crank the volume all the way up, and make sure that they never hear again.
1: And, I told you about. Uh, sh-
0: and if you want to know more about IoT and Bluetooth LE, just show up to next month's uh, or actually this month's SDPHP meetup.
1: Next week's next week's <laughs> yeah, next SDPHP, week. We will be next Wednesday hacking vibrators. Having... Apparently, is that is that the plan? <laughs> yes. Hacking vibrators?
2: Uh, John will just be a little more excited than usual. <laughs>
1: All right, so a couple a couple things. Back st- sticking with the adult toy thing, this dude showed so me great. the application on his phone. I'm like, dude, you're walking <laughs> around with this application. If anybody knows what that application is, they kind of know what you're what you're doing. You know, it's like, why would you? Is there any way to hide it? Like, you would need to be able to hide that application on your phone.
2: You know, a listener David Kwan pointed out that we're gonna have to flag this episode as not safe for work now.
1: None of our, none of our shows. Are Why safe are you call people work? up? None of our shows are safe. Like, hey,
2: they're friends of the show. They get credit.
1: We don't know if it's the real David Kwan. It's just, it's just. A it says his name right there. YouTube. We and we, we, we don't know YouTube that he's a friend
0: channel. of the show. Just so you know,
1: everybody's uh, friend um, of the show. We need friends.
0: I'm not a friend of the Tweet
2: show. Tweet from herman ostendorf woohoo i was mentioned by showcom in php ugly podcast 78 at one hour six minutes 45 seconds hashtag keep it ugly hashtag friend of the show there you
1: go there's one right there
2: there's one Uh, we got we have people all
1: over this world use wireless bluetooth adult vibrators well the next vibrators This so what's the deal with, with, this, with this what's screw driving then? you're just walking around just trying to turn on people's adult toys all you need
2: is a phone that has support for the ble interface and you can scan for these devices and begin compromising them
0: but wait if the device is off you can't it's see
2: still it. emitting a low power bluetooth signal
0: or are you trying to find people currently using it so you can go knock on the door and say hey do you need help <laughs>
1: Let's just turn that up a few notches there. <laughs> you see, which, which one of your neighbors starts screaming? It's all of them.
2: I mean, I haven't oh, checked, man. but...
1: This is why you should need a certification to podcast. People like us should not be allowed to talk on air. Yet
0: yeah, you're on three right. of them. Oh,
1: shows you the poor hey, state of podcasting.
0: Yes, Thomas.
1: What?
2: Do you know who Christine Lagarde is? Not a clue. Should I? Christine Lagarde is the managing director of the International Monetary Fund.
0: I would not know that. I don't pay that close attention.
2: She is quoted this week saying that Bitcoin puts a question mark on the financial, the financial, I'm sorry, Bitcoin puts a question mark on the fractional banking model we know today. But she doesn't and is that, foreseeing, foreseeing the death of the banking system in favor for the
0: cryptocurrency system Nice I was gonna say that's not saying it's a good or a bad thing so hard. So I, I, I read an article this week that that predicts Bitcoin to go to six grand by the end of this year but it could be a bumpy what? ride.
2: It's up five percent today.
0: Yeah, we were just talking a few weeks ago how we were expecting it to bottom out because of things happening with China and things happening in other places. But other parts of the world seem to be stepping up. And I think right now Japan is the leading cryptocurrency hotbed. Japan just just opened up an exchange.
2: Yeah, Japan has created an exchange that allows for the trade of 12 separate cryptocurrencies. $43.79
0: Yeah, I, I seventy nine right now. I think that's the the hard part about being in the United States is we have we do have a strong currency, so people aren't using it as often as they could be, which is sad. I mean, we're seeing more well, and more places. Not, but not, I think not, not using it, but
1: but but companies companies are lobbying against it. They're like trying to say that there's no benefit to it, and that's that's the, that's the problem, right? Is, is you know, it's hard to get that embraced, uh, get Bitcoin embraced here in the U.S. because exactly what you said, we have a strong financial system. Let's... Well, I just
2: think that at some point when some clown with little fingers tweets his way into World War III, we'll see the U.S. dollar start tanking and Bitcoin
1: Mm-mm. work no, unaffected histori- by historically, it. Historically, war has been good for the U.S. The the
2: I didn't say the U.S., I wasn't that specific.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, nah, I, I think you. I don't think war is going to help. Uh, help. Help the Bitcoin. I just. I. I think it's just going to be this s- slow and steady growth that eventually it's. It's going to be one of those things where you. You can't ignore it anymore because you're lose. You, you'll people will start to realize that they're losing money. They're losing a lot of money by not paying attention to it. Yeah, I think when I just,
2: blue chip stocks take a tumble, then
0: Bitcoin starts to rise.
1: Yeah, I, I wish, but I think that's part of the problem position. is people
0: looking at it as an investment versus an actual currency or something to be used. Right.
1: Or, so, or building well, they're one in the same product. Not, you it. have
2: to see that you have to see it as both because those investing lend credence to the value of it as a
1: yeah. Fiat yeah coin. But then that, so that investing short is short term. No. Yeah, I guess so. I, I guess I agree with it. I just, I, I think the investing is how that um, initial interest is happening, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be able to carry it.
0: Yeah, that's been crypto talk.
1: <laughs> Thank goodness.
0: We're so happy An hour and fifteen this. minutes now into this, now. It's time for right doom now. and gloom. You, you're gonna speed through it. We got to right. get through this.
2: No, we're done. I really don't have a that's whole it. lot. I have. No, you know what it. I have? I, There's nothing else. I have a shining. I have a oh, shining can happy. We have one episode? I have a no very. Yeah, this one. I have a shining happy story for us to close out this episode.
1: All right. All right. I'll give you a shiny happy because I didn't talk about any of the Google releases, which I wanted to talk about, or the fact that the Echo can now dial phone numbers like uh, Google Assistant can. I didn't do any of that because I'm trying to get through this. So I'll give you one shiny happy. But don't you try to trick me because I will come down. I will rain rain fury on you make it good make it happy make me smile
2: i want to wish a very warm happy birthday to Slashdot. dot huh. 20 okay. years of providing the essential geek tech news the stuff that i grew up on when i was a junior admin in 98 and 99 the thing that got me through the tech world when the internet barely existed
0: Surprised it's still around, so, actually.
2: Yeah, I was kind of surprised too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely not as impactful. I mean, I mean, Slash was the Reddit, was the dig, was everything before those things were even founded. I mean, mm-hmm. the, it was kind of that, that social went news to found, media find platform that started it all. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I to be a big Slash dot person.
2: And oh, now I'm it just sure says there. the top the top article today is about their twentieth birthday, and that was yesterday.
0: <laughs> so. I sent you
1: a slash dot link today, Thomas. You sent me a slash dot link? Yeah, I did. Through what? Uh, is it in your notes here? Nope you didn't. You didn't even reference it. I'm I'm heartbroken. I don't know, man. Look in Slack. It's in Slack somewhere. It says, Thomas, I thought of you when I saw this it's got to be in php oh
2: yes yes the social network doling out millions in ephemeral money yeah i love it that's when a, a, that a slashdot article yeah
1: it is yeah i'm still slashed that's, that's a
2: that's a wired article
1: <laughs> was it wired no no, no it, it yeah. was a slashed oh oh i'm sorry did i i linked to you the wired article so i found that on slashdot, though. though Here, here's where i found it I'll, I'll throw it in uh i'll throw it in podcast so I, 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 I actually followed the link through and linked to the Wired article. Sorry about that. I didn't realize. That's all right. That's funny.
0: So now you're being given a link to
1: the link you got. Hope you're happy. Yes. It's yeah. it's relevant. He was just talking about the relevancy <laughs> of Slashdot today, and I'm saying it's still it still has its place. All right. All right. Ending on a happy
2: note. I hope you guys are happy. Happy, happy birthday, happy.
1: Slashdot. Happy birthday, John Congdon.
2: Hey, thanks. Happy birthday, Spencer.
1: Who? <laughs>
0: We're recording right. on his birthday,
1: so I guess he gets it. I'm Eric Van Johnson.
0: I'm John Congdon.
2: I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it ugly. Keep, it, Keep u- it ugly.
0: You guys are so slow on
1: that. <laughs>
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to PHPUgly at reddit.com slash r slash PHPUgly. Until next week, keep it ugly.